Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. Thanks for being here. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about America's infrastructure problems. Congress is scrambling madly to find money to fund roads, to find the national to fund the National Highway Trust Fund. And last week, they decided that one of the ways that they might do that would be to raid our blight money, the blight money that we use in Detroit and other aging cities around the country to get rid of abandoned houses. So we're going to talk with two experts about why we have been unable to get past this sort of emergency state uh, over this issue in Washington and what we might do. And we'll want to, of course, take your calls to tell us what would you do? How would you pay for the nation's infrastructure? How would you pay for roads if not through new taxes, new revenue, a new gas tax, or something like that? But first, I want to talk about something that happened yesterday at Detroit City Council. By a 7-2 to two vote, the council passed the Riverside Park land deal between the city of Detroit and the Detroit International Bridge Company. Now, this has sparked a lot of public outcry since it was announced by Mayor Mike Duggan in April. Essentially, what Detroit wanted to do was swap a three-acre piece of city-owned land called Riverside Park, which is right next to the Ambassador Bridge, for a five-acre parcel of land that is near Riverside Park. The Maroons were going to pay the city $3 million up front to restore the park, which is closed, and then they would get possession of Riverside Park. So criticism of the deal, though, varies with people who, from people who just don't trust Maroon to others who believe that Detroit is just not getting enough money for the land that they're giving up. And then there was this that happened a few weeks ago, Uh, A WDET report exposed the fact that there was serious environmental concerns about what the Maroons had been doing on the land, digging too deeply in in the soil and exposing toxins that, that are there. So it has been a really heated debate for a couple of weeks. And joining me now on Detroit Today is Detroit City Council member Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, who, along with Council President Brenda Jones, was uh, those two were the no votes on the Riverside Park land deal. Castaneda-Lopez represents the district that includes the Ambassador Bridge and Riverside Park. Councilwoman, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Yeah, so tough beat yesterday uh, at the council table. I was surprised by the margin. I'll be I'll be honest. I, I thought it would pass. I didn't think you would get seven council members who would say they were okay with it. Uh, tell me tell me about the deliberations that that led to that and whether you were surprised at what the margin was. Sure. Um, I wish I could say I was surprised, but going <laughs> into that week, I think we knew that was going to be the breakdown. Um, it, the the vote had been postponed several times, um, and I think partially for political coverage for certain people, they wanted to give the percentage that they had negotiated this deal very thoroughly um, and and allowed the administration and the bridge company an opportunity to make some changes. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think that was the reality of the situation. I think many people um, really from the beginning knew how they were going to vote. To the community's credit and and to my office's credit, I think we were able to kind of slow down that conversation and prevent it from really just being rushed through council to allow for a a more thorough analysis. To really look at all sides of it and figure out what was really going on. Which is important. I think a lot of the conversation has been around trust and this is a good mayor and, and I agree we have a, a great mayor however you don't legislate based solely on trust yeah, and yeah. we should be informed in the decisions trust, we're making. Trust but verify right? Yes if, exactly. Uh, the, the old reporter saw if your mother tells you she loves you 
check it out. <laughs> uh, so, so tell me, what, what is, is the, the list of objections that you have to this deal? Sure. So again, it wasn't that I opposed the, the deal per se. Okay. Um, do I think it could have been improved? Yes. And so again, it's not about trusting the administration or trusting the bridge company. It's really about what is in the best short-term as well as long-term interest of residents in that community as well as the city of Detroit as a whole. And in that respect, I think the deal was somewhat short-sighted. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of controversy over, well, this bridge is never going to be built. Well, it might be built. The Canadians will never let them approve it. It'll never get through the state or the feds. Um, and to a certain extent, that was somewhat irrelevant to the conversation. At the same time, um, we kept hearing, well, if the bridge is built, then we won't necessarily invest in those three parcels that are going to be part of that exchange. Right. And for me, that's somewhat contradictory. You can't say, let's not talk about the bridge as part of the deal. Yet then now as we look at the development and investment into Riverside Park, say we're going to exclude those three parcels um, because a potential bridge could be built. Right. And so there was a lot of inconsistencies in terms of the, I think, the the arguments used to support it. But really what we wanted to see, I think, was, was fairness in terms of environmental mitigation, making sure that the bridge company cleaned up the land that the city was going to receive. Right. Again, I think that's fair. The other pieces that are... And, relation- and do you feel sure. like that's not that's not guaranteed? You don't feel like... Uh, there are clauses that, that uh, in, the, in the agreement that say we could potentially walk away from the agreement. Um, the administration is predicting the amount, uh, uh, the cost of cleanup will be around 100000 yeah. Um And they may be right. I hope they're right. Unfortunately, it could be a lot more. It though. could be a lot more. Yeah. The DTE, uh, I think, today estimated has spent uh, roughly two million dollars on analysis and cleanup, and so this is a parcel right next to the DTE parcel. So I'm a little bit skeptical that uh, the environmental cleanup on the news warehouse is only going to be a hundred thousand. Um, another two other issues related to the the cleanup and the safety for our community. In the report received from the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, um, the area that was disturbed by the bridge company. Um, it said it might be okay, but did also suggest doing another analysis to make sure it was okay. The other piece is the parking lot that that really needs repair, yeah. um, and there was concerns around environmental contaminants. Uh, that the cost of that really wasn't part of the conversation. So my worst fear is that we get the three million, and environmental mediation ends up eating up all of that three yeah. million. Yeah. So in your in your view, this was just something that we just didn't didn't get the best deal for out of the Ambassador Bridge Company. Uh, yes, and really, I think on behalf of the administration, we could have negotiated more. Unfortunately, I think development in general in the city, uh, oftentimes, uh, we we kind of beg developers to come and invest well, I in mean, our uh, communities. There's, there's no question that that you know we we have and for a long time taken the position that look, mm-hmm. if you want to do it, we'll make it happen because mm-hmm. we you know we're so desperate for economic activity and mm-hmm. and development that you know I, there's no question we get into we get into mm-hmm. deals that that other cities would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True, and that's unfortunate. And I recognize, obviously, we're emerging from bankruptcy, but Detroit is a happening place to be. I mean, check out downtown. <laughs> Everybody wants to be here. Everybody now, right? wants to be here. And so we sell ourselves short, we sell our community short by not asking for what we truly deserve. And that was what we were really fighting for to get what the community truly deserves in terms of short term as well as long term benefits. Um, and so it was very disappointing to see how the vote turned out yesterday. Uh, but my office will continue to work to make sure that the design development uh, around Riverside Park is inclusive and as transparent as possible and that community is really engaged from the onset versus after. Yeah. So so one plus of this deal from from where I sit is that it it does sort of help 
assemble the land that makes this this bridge to bridge to bridge public waterfront possible. It it it, it sort of frees up some of the industrial sites for to, to be able to, to be made into parks. How important, from your perspective, is that to people in southwest Detroit? Well, I think that's incredibly important. For many years, uh, I think the historically, uh, southwest Detroit and other parts of District 6 have been ignored. Um, and we don't have much access to the riverfront. So people very much want to be able to increase the recreational opportunities and access to the riverfront. So the vision for some folks is bridge to bridge. For other people, it's actually extending the riverfront down to Fort Wayne, which is a beautiful historical right. facility. I think truly a gem in the city that uh, hasn't received as much attention. So it does give an additional parcel. Again, I would push back and say we could have negotiated that deal and still have gotten that parcel <laughs> and the improvements in the park. Right. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious uh, where else can the bridge company go to build a second span? Right. It's, that's the only location. Um, it's somewhat contradictory because we know that in the Delray community that has access to some of those uh, other riverfront sites, um, city parcels are being sold to support more uh, manufacturing uh, coming in yeah. versus increasing recreational opportunities. So I think there's some contradictory actions yeah. happening. Is, is there a tension, do you feel like, in your district between the need for more manufacturing, which, of course, creates jobs, mm-hmm. uh, and, and more recreation space? Along the riverfront specifically, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's hard. It's hard to tell at this point. I think I w- offhand, I would say no. Unfortunately, Detroit Future City calls for that part of the district Delray to be uh, slated as solely industrial. As, uh, yes, right. And that's unfortunate. Um, although it hasn't been officially adopted by the administration, we know it's used as a framework. And so the, the development deals that come to my table for that area specifically are unfortunately um, solely industrial. Right. And so I think it's an, it, it, the conversation needs to shift to how do we support industry growing in that area at the same time support the residents that are there um, because they'll have to live with that industry sure. and we can't just abandon well, them. Well, and industry was part of the problem with life mm-hmm. uh, in that part of the city. Mm-hmm. The pollution, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the trucks coming through mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who, who would prefer that it maybe were a little less mm-hmm. manufacturing based. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Given the reality, um, and I think the resistance from uh, the administration in Detroit Future City to change that, class of, that zoning classification from uh, industrial to residential or some kind of mixed use, I think at this point, uh, what we're trying to do is at least um, maintain the the residential community there and build in protectors for them in terms of reducing pollution, making sure that there's buffer space between the new Gordie Howe Bridge coming in and the remaining community. Um, Essentially, how do we protect the quality of life of the remaining community in Delray um, as well as the surrounding community in Southwest Detroit? Because we all know the truck (laughs) pollution doesn't just stop on one side of Jefferson. It affects us as a city. Yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm talking with Detroit City Council member. Raquel Castaneda-Lopez. We are talking about the Riverside Park deal, a swap between the city of Detroit and the Detroit International Bridge Company for Riverside Park and another parcel that's close to the bridge. Call us and tell us, do you think this was a good deal? Did the city get what it should have for this deal, about $3 million committed from the bridge company for cleanup? Or should we have negotiated harder for more from the Maroons? And tell me generally, what do you think about the relationship between the city of Detroit and the bridge company? Does this 
push the relationship forward into a new space? Is this a step backwards? Call us at 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Mark in Royal Oak, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi. I'm, uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm actually a real estate attorney, and I've done a fair amount of real estate deals. And I would, uh, number one, an issue I would have would be usually if I'm doing a deal and another side really needs a piece of property, especially in a case like this where they stand to make what would appear to be a whole lot of money, you generally tend to get a lot more money. <laughs> you raise the price, right? <laughs> yeah. And then secondly, if there's Usually you always put environmental contingencies in any deal, you know, saying if it turns out there's a bunch of environmental problems, you can back out of the deal because, uh, you know, it's a, usually a contingency you have in there. Right. I realize this is slightly different, but um, anyway, I just yeah. just generally, yeah, you hit people for more money if, if it's, I mean, that's how the free market works. Right. But uh, anyway. No, no, thank that, you. Thanks. Thank you very much for the call. Mark, uh, Raquel, in your estimation, I, I, I want to sort of switch, shift the, the, the topic here just a little bit to the Maroons generally mm-hmm. and, the, and the bridge company. The, the, the relationship between them and the city has been strained for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of issues, mm-hmm. I think, that the city has legitimately with the, 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 the caretaking of uh, DIBC properties all over, all over southwest Detroit. In your mind, does this kind of negotiation, which is a very different way of approaching mm-hmm. the Maroons and the bridge company, does this mm-hmm. move that relationship forward in a way that will benefit people in your district? Or do you worry that this is the start of uh, sort of a capitulation mm-hmm. to the Maroons who who have their own interests and sometimes those interests conflict mm-hmm. with people in your district? I, I mean, I think that's the hope, right? The hope is that the Maroons have really turned a, a new page and are going to start coming into compliance with city ordinances and laws and really engaging with the community. Um, am I fearful as to whether they will follow through? Um, yes, definitely very fe- fearful. I think the the track record has been um, when new administration comes on or new council comes on or anyone kind of new comes into the picture, um, the Maroons have historically approached and said, well, we want to start a new page and, and do things differently. And then uh, things end up in the same uh, place that they were from the start. And, and I'm not just saying that's what's going to happen this time. Um, I, I believe that people can redeem themselves, that I believe in atonement. And so in that way, in terms of the deal, um, we were really trying to make sure that we were protecting ourselves at the same time. How do we allow this company to somewhat redeem itself at the same time, reestablishing trust with the community and making sure that the community is not going to suffer as a result of this deal? And I think, again, that's really was the key. It's not about trusting the Maroons and it's not about trusting the administration. It's about what's in the best interest of the community. Figuring out the deal that yeah. makes the most sense. How sure. do we, and that's my job as an elected official, to protect the community that is here and, as well as the community 20 years into the future. Yeah. Uh, since you've been in in your position and you are the first co- uh, district representative uh, mm-hmm. on, on council for Southwest, what's been your what's been the relationship between you and the Maroons? What's that? What's that like? Are they are they approachable? 
Do they do they do they take your calls? Do they talk to you about the issues that you might have or your constituents might have mm-hmm. with their properties? Sure. Um, <laughs> great question. So I, I've only actually had one face to face meeting with them. And again, I think a lot of times we make it a personality, the politic debate, political debate. Um, and it's, we, it's fine. We can communicate. I think we'll hopefully moving forward, we'll be able to continue to communicate openly. Um, but they really hadn't approached me prior to this deal coming to the table and not even when the deal was introduced. Um, so I was a little disappointed initially we reached out to their office multiple times um, to schedule a meeting and it, and we didn't receive any response yet I knew my colleagues were being hounded by the bridge company to kind of push this deal forward um, and I don't know and do you feel like that was because they figured you were a no vote uh, sure regardless. it could have been that they just figured that I was a no vote for me whether someone is an you have to d- divide uh, your energy and invest in who you think is going to push your deal forward um, but ultimately I think there should be a relationship established with the elected officials of that community because you're going to have to work with them moving forward. Uh, so I hope that we're able to move forward, move forward and to have open communication. Um, we were able to establish that rapport with the Illages despite me voting against the hockey arena earlier. And I hope we're able to establish a similar relationship with the bridge company yeah. um, because at this point it really is about accountability. And my office will definitely be working very hard to make sure that every single detail of that deal is followed through and, that the, again, that the community is protected. Yeah, okay. Sue in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. My, I'm a resident of the 6th District, and I followed the hearing last night on television. I, too, am very concerned about the environmental impact that I am grateful WDET uncovered. I do appreciate very much um, Rocky, as she calls herself, and her materials <laughs> to <Thank> us. You. <laughs> Excellent work on this, both professionally disagreeing as appropriate and arguing for the best we can get, but also not personalizing it. I am so grateful to have her as a representative because I'm sick of all the (laughs) name-calling, et cetera. But I'm also, I really trust that you will continue to work on this, and that gives me encouragement. So I hope we can deal with this environmental and don't come up with a nightmare we didn't think about. Yeah, thank you very Mm -hmm. much uh, for the call, Sue. Let's talk about that environmental issue. Yes. Uh, How how big of a deal is it in your in your view? And do Mm -hmm. you feel like this deal is structured in a way that if Mm -hmm. it turns out to be an even bigger deal, Mm -hmm. then we know at this point that it can get taken care of? Well, similar to as Mark mentioned, there is somewhat of an environmental contingency clause built in that if um, that we discover excessive contaminants, that the city could potentially walk away or the bridge company could walk away. What I was hoping to secure in the deal was that the bridge company would clean up that um, the 4.8 acres of where the new ho- news warehouse is located so we would get cleaned up property that could be immediately used as recreational uh-huh. um, space. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, it is concerning, and, and uh, part of my reason to vote no was all of the red, red flags around the, the around the deal and that it was negotiated behind closed doors and kind of brought to light a day before the press conference. And council didn't get the deal really until after that. Um, and I asked many questions and a lot of those questions unfortunately went unanswered and the my question around um, the illegal installation of utilities by the bridge company and the potential um, 
impact or spread of environmental contaminants was never answered by the law department or the administration. And that's a little bit alarming to me that if you as an administration know a company did something without authorization and it could have potential environmental impacts on the surrounding community, um, why wasn't there a more thorough investigation? And why wasn't that question answered as part of this deal? And so it just kind of highlights, I think, uh, how the administration approaches community benefits. Um, And I think this, again, highlights the importance of why we need a community benefits ordinance to really ensure transparency and that all questions are answered and that community is involved from the beginning and their concerns are addressed. Yeah, Uh, and that that raises a much bigger issue, this community benefits Mm -hmm. ordinance, which which I know you support. The the, the mayor has said he's not sure that an ordinance is the way to go, that that we can do better with community benefits agreements without having a law in place that might discourage some development. But this is a good example of Mm -hmm. where... Community benefits agreement would would have been the, the kind of thing that uh, that you would like to see. Exactly, and I think we uh, in 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 terms of theory we both support community benefits. Right. It's really the implementation. It's how do you do it? It's right. how you do it. For me, I think co- community should be involved in the conversation from the get go to really shape the framework of that deal. Um, I think the administration's approach is to have something kind of finalized and then share it and then try to go back and modify that and deal. Go in and and add it in, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's a little bit more uh, challenging. I think it sets up a, a um, adversary relationship between the administration and council, and it leaves ultimately the community left out. Um, and that's not really how we want to move forward as a city. And I think historically, post-industrial cities have approached development in similar ways that we are from the standpoint that we kind of are desperate and we are begging people to come to our city. And we really need to shift our framework um, to really a, an empowered city that knows what we are valued and, and demands that from developers. It doesn't mean you don't compromise, but we really need to be demanding more, again, to protect the quality of life for all residents in the city of Detroit. Okay. Raquel Castaneda-Lopez, Councilwoman for the 6th District Council, City Council here in Detroit. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. When we come back, we're going to talk about the nation's infrastructure problems. How should we pay for them? Stay with us on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.